Hello and a warm welcome. I'm Armin Trost, professor at the Furtwangen University in Germany. And this is my series on human resources strategies, a real master course for advanced HR students, professionals and executives. This series is available on YouTube and on all podcatchers like iTunes or Spotify. All slides that support this series are available on my website. For more information, please read the description to this YouTube or podcast. I'd also like to refer to my book, Human Resources Strategies, available at most online bookstores. So, again, thanks for listening have fun and gain valuable insights into the fascinating world of HR strategies. I finished the last episode with a little case and this case went a little bit like this. Saying, okay, there is a CEO And he or she talks to his or her HR director saying, look, I read a book about performance appraisal. I read an interview in the newspaper about performance appraisal. And I learned that performance appraisal is completely outdated. It belongs to the last century, does not fit to the times of digitization, is not um, compatible with the modern working world. So, and anyway, I had the feeling that there's something wrong with performance appraisal. To be honest, I never really liked it. And there are many supervisors complaining about this. So, Mrs. CHRO, Mr. CHRO, HR director, maybe you can come up with something new, with something different. Okay. This is the situation, how it is presented to myself over and over and over again. And the question is now, okay, what to do? And this is a real case. And, you know, Here comes one of the pitfalls I was uh, I was mentioning earlier, and one of the biggest pit pitfalls in this uh, occasion is that you just um, change the old approach with a new approach, <clears throat> saying, "Okay, here is a new solution." Why not having check-ins? I learned that many companies now are doing check-ins. Supervisor employee meet not once a year but once a quarter more continuously. Oh no, let's have a feedback app. That would be cool instead. Or let's have OKRs, objective and key results, whatever that is. Maybe we're going to talk about all these things. So you replace one solution instantly with another solution. And the pitfall is being too much solution oriented. Really, don't do this. Probability is extremely high that whatever you now bring into the house will not work. So, what I absolutely recommend is a different roadmap. And again, I mentioned that already when we were talking about pitfalls in the, I guess it was the second episode. But now I want to be more specific. The first thing you, you're supposed to do is to have a kind of a workshop or so. And you just think about what is the problem. Which problem do you want to solve with whatever you will do in the end? 
And in the last episode, I was sharing with you 12 different things you might want to achieve. Do you want to reward the best? Do you want to treat the low performers? Do you want to plan future development? Do you make sure that the people give and take feedback? Do you want this? Do you want that? What do you want? What do you want? So take a flip chart, take a piece of paper and ask the people, what do you really want? Okay, write it down. And the exercise is not to come up with a as long as possible list, but with those things that you definitely want, the three things, the four things, might be that you say, well, whatever we do, we really want that the people and the teams, they absolutely know what they are supposed to achieve. So, and we, we still do not think about any solution or any approach. We do not think about performance appraise. We do not think about check-ins, feedback apps, OKRs or whatever. We just think about what is the problem. And once you are clear about the problem, then you think about the context. And here I can refer to, to um, earlier episodes where we're talking about the structural and cultural context. And in a minute, I will show you which context dimensions really matter, okay? Because the context really determines whether or not what you will invent will really fit. And if things don't fit, then you're going to lose. You're gonna lose. I, I promise you, you you're going to lose. So, so when, you, when you think about the context, here are the dimensions that are uh, relevant um, in this particular context when we talk about performance appraisal. So one thing is about task certainty. Do the people work in very certain tasks during repetitive work, always the same things? Or is it that they do not know the outcomes when they start doing a task and they don't know the way to get there? How is it? Yeah, how certain is your work environment? That gonna affect uh, uh, whatever you do. Really, I, I don't want to talk about the implications now. We're gonna do this later on, but this is something that will be relevant. And another thing that is relevant is whether you have a low task dynamic or a high task dynamic. Do you have something like like divided labor? Everybody is doing his or her own work, and they don't need to look at left and right. Or is it that you really work in teams for whatever reason? If you work in teams, I, I promise you, whatever you're going to do will look like different, has to look different than when you, when you face something like uh, divided labor. Also, the way your managers lead is absolutely essential. Classic performance appraisal, the classic one is built around the boss. Really. It's around the idea that the managers know how to do things, the managers guide the people, the managers tell the people what to do, the managers track whether the people are doing the things right. And... But if you have managers that lead like coaches or partners or enabler, then you need something different. Okay, this is again another context factor. Also, uh, do the people depend on you or do you depend on the people? I mean, that is a matter of talent availability. Is it easy to replace the people you have or is it not so easy to replace? You will see that when it comes to performance review, that really doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, if you want to... Uh, review the performance of somebody you can hardly replace, you will behave differently. So that's another thing. And also the level of autonomy is crucial here. Do the people face a low level of autonomy? 
fixed working hours, fixed working place, fixed organization? Or do they face a high level of autonomy and flexibility? They decide themselves how they work, with whom they work, where they work, and when they work. So, you know, look at this. And, and what I can really recommend, in, in a, practically, now let's really talk practice here. You, 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 you might have something like a pin board, okay? I mean, this is how I do it all the time. I have a pin board and I show these different dimensions, really. And, and then I ask the people in the workshop to, to rank where are we currently and where will we be in the future? How does the context look like today and how will the context look like in the future? Okay, so this is this is this is the second phase. Thinking about the context. Okay, now we have two things. Okay, two things. We have understood what we want to achieve. Which problem do we need to solve? With whatever we're going to do. Second, we we have understanding about our nature, about our context. Okay. So once we have these two things we now can think about a solution. And what, what do I mean with solution? Is it that, okay, every week we meet and talk about things, that teams do things every quarter, or we have maybe an app, or we have whatever it is, yeah? The, the, the main message here is do not think about a solution before you haven't clarified the context and the problem. I know I repeat myself, but, but you know, it drives me crazy. It's, you know, also, in the, in the last few months and years, I, I, I were in touch with so many companies talking to me saying, look, we have uh, this new solution invented. We want to replace our existing performance appraisal. What do you think about the solution? So guess how I respond? I will always ask, hmm, I don't know. What's your problem? What do you want to achieve? Hmm, you don't know? Okay, <laughs> failed. Go home. You have failed. You, you, your, your solution, I can tell you, will probably not work. Have you considered the context? No, you did not? Oh, oh, that's, that's, that's crazy. I mean, that's, that's like a doctor saying, look, I want to do this surgery. Say, is that okay? Say, I don't know. I mean, what's your di diagnosis? Well, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> okay, good luck with that. <laughs> bad mistake, bad mistake, really. So, okay. Now, when we think about solutions, then there is a particular challenge. In HR, there is a special difficulty in using different terms or referring to different concepts. Sometimes we talk about feedback but mean judgment. Sometimes we talk about judgment but mean brace. Sometimes we talk about objectives but mean standards. Sometimes we talk about priorities but we mean objectives. And sometimes I, I, I've experienced many debates in companies where we talk about different things without questioning ourselves, what do we concretely mean? And this is a particular challenge in HR. You know, HR is sometimes different than finance, maybe, or, or legal, because in HR, we, we sometimes use terms and concepts just uh, in an arbitrary way. 
So it's really important when we think about solutions to be absolutely precise about what we mean. And we're going to talk about the difference of objectives, standards, priorities, and so in in another episode. But I would like to talk about one thing here, also just to to make clear what I mean with that point. And I would like to show you the difference between what is a judgment, what is a social feedback, and moreover, what is praise. And I think a good way to define these different concepts is to compare them pairwise. So let me start with the pairwise comparison of judgment versus social feedback. What is the difference? Um, a judgment is something that is mainly done by an authority. Okay? And a judgment always means that there are consequences that are extrinsically determined. What does that mean? For instance, when I give a grade to a student for a certain performance, uh, then this grade is given by an authority, which in this in this case is, is me, myself, the professor. Yeah, And this grade has consequences. If you have a very bad grade, you might do the uh, performance again. Yeah, So, and it's not the question what uh, the person in question thinks about it. Not at all. It's like it's like in the courtroom. If the judge is doing uh, is is defining the the sentence, it does not matter what the what the person uh, in question thinks about it. It's extrinsically determined. While with feedback, it's completely different. A feedback is supposed to trigger uh, intrinsic reflection. So, with the feedback, I want that the one who is receiving the feedback will think about it and will draw consequences with regards to his or her behavior or, or performance. And the feedback always belongs to the one who is receiving the feedback, while the judgment belongs to the one who is doing the judgment. You see, it, it, it's, a, it's a complete different. And, and a manager can either be a judge Okay, or can be a coach, but you can never be both. This is something that that McGregor uh, put very clearly. You can never be both. Either you determine extrinsic consequences, or you want the person who receives the feedback thinks about consequences intrinsically. That's a difference. Okay, don't mix it up. Okay, don't mix it up. Um, also, we can compare judgment and and brace, brace or blame. Okay, if 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 I tell if I tell a person, hey John, by the way, good job, man. Yeah, hey, you are a great speaker. You are a great teacher. You are great, whatever. Then this is brace. This is, this is not a judgment. Psychologically spoken, of course, it's a judgment. It's the social judgment. But but in terms of HR, it's not a judgment. It's 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 brace. So, what is a judgment? A judgment is always formal, right? Like a grade. It must be formal. Or, or when it comes to performance review, you say, are you an A player, a B player, a C player? That's a formal judgment. Yeah? It's written down. It's, 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 it's maintained in a system. It has consequences. And it hopefully is based on rules and policies. You cannot just pull uh, a judgment from the air, 
There must be reasons for, for your judgment. There must be criteria, maybe. There, it must be reasonable, formally. And it's always bland, right? While with praise, it's exactly the opposite. Praise always must be informal, unplanned, unsolicited. It's, you cannot plan praise. Uh, I recently came across a company where uh, the employees complained in an employee survey that they they don't feel appreciated or don't feel valued enough. So, so uh, the CEO had an idea: why not implementing something like uh, a, a praise day? I don't remember how he named it, uh, but the idea was that every first Monday in a month, managers are supposed to praise their people. Okay, if you do something like this, if you, if you really arrange a formal event for praising, then praise will be impossible. Praise must be unsolicited. It must come as a surprise. Otherwise, it won't work. Really not. So, it's a complete difference with, with judgment. A judgment must be bland. must be formal. Okay? And uh, also, you can, you can compare praise and feedback. So, For instance, if, if you I mean if you if you post a picture on Facebook or Instagram or wherever and somebody likes it, then this is not a feedback. This is a praise. And and praise is always, let's say, relational, emotional, and, and it is supposed to reinforce the personal relation. So so if if I like the picture of John on Facebook, it's not really that I want to give a feedback on the picture. That's that's not my idea. I, I just want to tell John, hey, I like you by liking the picture. A, a feedback would be something different. A feedback would be rather behavioral, outcome-related, that leads to certain improvement. I would rather say, John, and I would never do this on Facebook. Oh, John, uh, nice picture here. Uh, well, but, you know, next time when you do a picture, I would make sure that the, you make sure that the light is different uh, and it would be better if you stand in the center of the picture. One can rarely see you. So uh, that would be a feedback. But this is not what, what Facebook, for instance, is all about. Facebook is about praise. And really, there's a difference between praise and feedback. And what we're going to learn also is praise must always be unsolicited, as I told you. It's something that you will never request. It, it would be stupid to, 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 to talk to another person saying, hey, can you praise me, please? Yeah. Okay, I praise you. Hey, you are good. And requested praise makes praise impossible, right? But the opposite is true with feedback. Feedback, as, as we're going to learn in a different session, should be solicited. Feedback is something that you should ask for. Hey, what do you think? What can I do better? The best feedback you can receive is the feedback that you actively request. Right? So, praise, feedback, completely different things. Feedback, judgment, completely different things. Judgment, praise, completely different things. So, here's the thing. When you find yourself in a workshop where you talk about whatever it might be, a feedback app or, or a performance appraisal, and then you mix up feedback, judgment, and so on, you have a big problem. So you better be clear about what, what, what you're talking here. Right? 
So as I told you, in the next few sessions, we, we, we're going to pick this up. Uh, we're going to have a dedicated session about uh, feedback, a uh, dedicated session about judgment. I wanted to bring up this point here because it's so crucial. So, okay. Once you have your solution, and, and really in the, in the upcoming episode, I will share with you a couple of solutions when we, when we zoom deeper into different things like performance review, like, like feedback, like objective setting and the like. I will show you some solutions, okay? Once you have your solution, you think about the design. And, you know, in the last few months, I, I was, as I told you, I, I, I observed many companies. I also screened the literature. I, I, I looked at best practices. I visited a lot of conferences. I, I, I worked with some companies. And, and we were always wrestling with new ways uh, when necessary. And, uh, you know, when you summarize all the things that you find now in the 21st century, when you think about, okay, how do companies do performance appraisal or whatever they do different, then you will find a common pattern. Depending on whether a company is more towards hierarchy and stability or a company is more towards agility and networks. Okay? And the first thing that you find very often is that With performance appraisal, in the old days, you had one solution, right? One thing that is common for all across function, across level. And this one solution is supposed to solve various problems all in once. Yeah? And this is a little bit like, like solving the problem of world hunger, right? You, you really, you, 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 You want to solve everything with one tool, which might work in certain occasion, but very often it does not. So what, what we find is that companies more tend to have various tools, different tools uh, that are used by different players in the organization at different times with different responsibilities and different outcomes. You not have just one insurance for everything. You have multiple insurances for different things. And, and that could make sense. And that's very often an outcome. When I do this exercise with company and we think about, okay, what, which problems do you want to solve? What is your context? What might be the solution? The, very often the result is that we don't have one solution. We have many solutions. Okay, fine. Then you have many solutions. I mean, again, it's like you want to be mobile. Okay, that's, that's nice. Be, being mobile, that's nice. Okay, what is the right vehicle? I said, I don't know. I mean, it depends on the journey you, you, you're supposed to take. Hmm. Maybe you have a bicycle for some travel. You might have the bus for other travel. You might have the airplane for some. You don't have one. <laughs> you use one. You, you might have a car. Okay. For different problems, you have different solutions. Okay. I mean, that sounds, that sounds reasonable. And that's the same with performance appraisal. Many companies come up with a set of solutions and not one single solution. But when you look at the different solution, I see some overall tendencies. And these tendencies, they refer to who is responsible for using the tool, who has the ownership, but also when it comes to the rules and formats, you find some differences. Also, when it comes to 
organizational direction I name it? Do you think more vertically or horizontally? And what is the trigger, the occasion, the event, yeah, that kicks off the usage of a certain tool? Okay. In a hierarchical setting, in a setting where it's everything is about stability, you very often find that the tool you use, as it was with the performance appraisal, lies in the hand of the HR function. The HR function is responsible for the performance appraisal. And the managers share some responsibility. As I told you in the last episode, it's they are in charge that this thing happens. Okay? While in an agile setting, you, you very often have the employees who, who are using the tool, whatever it is. Yeah? For instance, we will see with feedback. It's, it's in an agile setting, it's not the HR function who is responsible that the people receive feedback. It's the people themselves. The employees are responsible for getting feedback. And very often the teams are responsible by themselves. It's no, not, not HR, it's, it's themselves. And also when it comes to rules and formats, I mean, when, when you look at the old days, uh, the design of the solution was very often that way that, that you have a standard form. Very often also mirrored in a system. You have certain fields to fill in, you have certain workflows, and you have specific times when you have to do this, and there are certain rules how to define objectives. For instance, the SMART tool, as I will share with you, specific, measurable, uh, attractive, realistic, and time-bound. So you have these standard rules and formats uh, where all the people, all the managers are supposed to follow. While in an agile setting... The tool is very often not really a tool. It's, it's a blank piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, really. And there are no rules. And, and the people do it as they like. Yeah. Also, very often in a, in a, in a qualitative way. Not, 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 having, not having predefined scales from one to five or so, but, but having just, just think about things. Okay, what can we do better? How did the, uh, the, the project work? Just have comments, have sentences, things like this. So it's very open, self-directed. Uh, the people use ways as it fits to their personal needs. The classic performance appraisal was always a very vertical thing. Really, I mean, that happened between the employee and the supervisor, right? Top down, bottom up, yeah. That was the axis in the organization, vertical, Right, so the employee does a performance appraisal with the supervisor, the supervisor with his or her manager, and then with her manager. It goes up to the CEO. Okay, vertical thinking. While in uh, in agile setting, whatever you do, when it comes to feedback, when it comes to 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 uh, performance review, when it comes to setting expectations and objectives, in agile setting, you, you much more think in a vert, uh, in a horizontal or lateral way. You, you, you do not receive the feedback from the supervisor. You receive the feedback from the colleagues and the customer, right? Left and right. You do not agree on objectives with your supervisor. You rather agree on objectives with your clients. You see, it's a different way of thinking in an agile setting. Okay, so this is an overall tendency. Also, when it comes to the trigger, with the classic performance appraisal, that happened on January or 
whenever in your com company could also be in December or I don't know, but it was it was uh, very much linked to a kind of annual cycle, yeah. And uh, that, that in an agile setting, you would not never never see it that way. It's 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 either in a short cycle. So you think about progress, you think about current statuses, you think about what to do next, maybe on a weekly basis, not on an annual basis. You think about feedback, not on an annual basis. You think about feedback on a, on a, not on any basis, but, but whenever you want to, yeah? on demand, so to speak. Yeah? So you do things much more often. So, so what you hear very often now uh, these days uh, with many companies say, we want to do something which is continuous, Continuous, and when they say continuous, they mean not annually. Yeah. Continuous mean all the time, and 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 that 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 is uh, that is an interesting direction, really. Not saying that this is the better way, really not. That depends on the problem you want to solve, and that depends on the context, right? Some things you better do annually, really. For instance, you do not want to think about who are our high, uh, low performers on a weekly basis. Makes no sense. Also, think about long-term careers. You do not do this every week. No. When it comes to feedback, yeah, why not asking for feedback every hour? Okay. So, there is no right and wrong. It's just about what you want to achieve in a specific context. Okay? So, to summarize, the roadmap You start with a problem, then you think about the context, and then you create an idea about what the solution might be. Be creative here. And don't think about performance appraisal. Just come up with the idea. If you, if, if, if everything turns out that performance appraisal is the right thing, then go ahead. Keep going. Very often you will come up with different solutions. <laughs> yeah? And once you have an idea about the solution, you think about the operational design, which addresses how... You're going to do things um, practically. Okay, I hope that helped. And in the next three episodes, I will focus on three things. The first thing we're going to talk about is objective setting and the, the definition of performance expectations. Let me put it that way. We also, in a different episode, we're going to talk about social feedback and how you can manage social feedback. Uh, in, a, in another episode, we're going to talk about um, formal judgment. That happens very often in a performance review. Yeah, when it comes to the question of who are our top performers, who are our low performers, uh, things like this. So, that's for the moment. I hope you took something home. And thanks for listening.